welcome back to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. It's the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending that you already know about wine. I'm Madeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. And welcome back. I'm really excited about this. I just went to a cheese tasting this afternoon. And the girl there, I forget her name. I should totally know her name. Was so, was talking so much about Spanish cheese and wine. And we're eating all this cheese and she was talking about wine. And I was just like, man, I wish I had some wine. We had beer, which was really good. But yeah. Well, this is a, the wine that we have right here would actually be wonderful with goat cheese. Because it's primarily Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, yeah. She was saying a crisp white. A crisp, acidic white. Would you? Do you think this is acidic? Um, this is medium acidic. Uh, mm-hmm. it, because it comes from the Bordeaux area, it's not that cool. So it's cool weather that makes wine acidic. So really? if you wanted a cooler Sauvignon Blanc, you'd have to go along the end of the Loire Valley, which we've spoken about in prior right. podcasts. Okay, that's... I've learned so much today. I can't even begin to tell you how much stuff I've learned today. And one minute and 30 seconds into this podcast, I'm learning something. So we are nearing the finish line on our Tour de France. Correct. We, uh, this is the penultimate. Uh... Yeah. Let's, let's go through them one time so people can remember what they've listened to. So we started with the Loire Valley. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Alsace. Alsace. And then we went to Burgundy. Burgundy. And then we went to the Rhone. Correct. And now we're in Bordeaux. Correct. Okay. And we're going to finish up next time with the basically far southern France along the Mediterranean. Okay. All right. So I said we're at about 7 o'clock on France right now on, on the country like where we're located within france oh, I see. yeah yeah you're giving me this blank look i'm thinking yeah, it's not quite that yeah Yo, you're like <laughs> actually it is almost seven anyways um cool all right so we got a white wine in front of us take a sip you already have a few oh really i haven't i've been rubbing my eye because it hurts <laughs> hmm i like this Thank God. Do you I'm like so it? Happy. Yeah, I do. So this is a white Bordeaux. And for those uninitiated, yes, Bordeaux makes white. Probably 20, 25% of all Bordeaux production is white. I wasn't going to. I wanted to react when you poured it, but I didn't want to seem uninformed. So I just was go. like, oh, yes, of course, a white Bordeaux. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this comes from an area called Entre du Mer, which means between two seas. And it is a area that only produces white wine. It's a very large area. And within Bordeaux. Within Bordeaux. Okay. And most of the most of the wines are going to be based on Sauvignon Blanc, uh, but with a mixture of Semillon. Okay. And this actually has a little bit of Muscadel. Which is another white grape, which is allowed in. The Man, grape. there are a lot of grapes that you can. Yes. I'm sure I'm about to hear more about what they are, 
But, um, okay, yeah. So do we want to talk a little bit about overview? The geography. Oh, my gosh. Let me just please go look up a map. Stop unless you're driving. You have no excuse. Look up a map. You have your your phone's probably already in your hand. Can you please just look up a map because it is really hard to describe what Bordeaux looks like. Well, we finally settled on an yeah. upside down Y, and I wanted to say that it's rotated counterclockwise about thirty degrees, but my daughter said, "Don't tell them." That. I said that's so confusing. I was like, so anyway. It's kind of like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Except it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Pittsburgh, guys, like three rivers meeting, except not yeah. actually. But So there are two smaller rivers that meet to form a very large river, which then goes out into the ocean. So yes. the part where it goes out into the ocean. Or the channel. Is, no, uh, it's the no, ocean. it's the ocean. It's the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the part that goes out into the ocean is the 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 long portion of the Y. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And then it forks down at the bottom. And then it forks at the bottom. So the long portion portion of the Y breaks the area up into two areas, which is called the left bank and the right bank. Which you've probably heard before people say that. As if you're staring at the map. So it's from the perspective of looking at the map. So the left is the west and the right is east. Uh Uh-huh. And so this is kind of like the northern part of Burgundy, Bordeaux. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yikes. So confident on that too. Uh, Bordeaux, you have the left bank and the right bank up at the top. And then it gets more confusing the more south we go. Well, yes and no. So the left (laughs) bank actually ends, is actually a peninsula because it sticks out into the ocean. And the right bank is actually part of the main body of Of France. Of France. Okay. Again, please look up a map. And then as you go south, there's then. The two rivers that form the Gironde, uh, as it forks, of, as it forks, then forms an area between the two rivers, and hence you get the Entre du Mer. Okay, that's what that that's the area in the middle between two seas. Yes. Um, that's the part that's tech. That's like Pittsburgh, like where Pittsburgh is where in Pittsburgh between the rivers. Be, yes. This is the Entre du Mer. Du Mer. Oh, Mer. Entre du Mer. Three. Got it. I'm putting... The French is coming back to me. Yeah, between the two seas or oceans. Okay. All right. Um, Well, I do like this wine, and I see right on the bottle, Entree du Mai. Du Mai. Really? I think that's reading... I think it's May in French, but I could be wrong. Uh, I will just tell you every wine person says Mayer. Honestly, we don't need to touch my um, trust my French. That was the class that I've come with closest to failing. Alrighty, so do we want to start up at the top on like on the left side? Oh, can we do? So you said there's uh, reds and um, whites, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of grapes. Can you just give some big ones that you're gonna we're gonna hear more about later? Yeah, I think the real basic classification is that the left side, the okay. left bank, is cab. Based. Okay. And the right side is Merlot-based. Got it. But you have to understand that among red grapes, four different grapes are allowed. Okay. So they can blend with other grapes. Right, right, right. So Merlot is frequently used to blend 
in the left bank, so you get Cab Merlot blends. And in the right bank, Cab Franc tends to be the, the, the blending grape. So it's Merlot Cab Franc. Oh, but Cab, Cab is short for Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, Cab Sauvignon is the predominant one on the left. Got it. And Merlot is the predominant one on the right. On the left, it's Cab Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot blends. Yeah. With a little bit of Cab Franc, usually less than 5%. Okay, the, so Cab Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon are both grapes allowed that are used there. Right. And they're related to one another, hence the Cabernet. Hence the confusing names. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then on the right, it is primarily Merlot blended with some Cab Franc. Cab Franc, yes. Yes, I got it. Yes, you did. Whew, all right. I need a sip of wine after that. I'm already like a little confused. And then in the South, in the Entree du May, they do a lot of whites. It's all white. Mm -hmm. If it it says Entree du May on the label, it has to be white. And it will be usually mostly Sauvignon Blanc with some Semillon and sometimes with a little... uh, uh, Muscadet? Yeah, Muscadet, as is in this one, um, which tends to be a sweet one. That is a really big region. That's a really big part of Bordeaux is... Yeah, Bordeaux is a... This white Bordeaux portion. is probably the largest area of grape production, perhaps second only to uh, the Côte de Rhone, because the Côte de Rhone... It's huge. In the southern part of France is huge, and, and so is Bordeaux. So within Bordeaux, there are some of the most sought-after and expensive wine areas in the world. Like flashy-wise or actually good? Well, actually good and actually very expensive. Um, but most <laughs> of the area produces good to average or even mediocre wines. But are those also overpriced? No, not necessarily, but it involves a lot of homework to figure out who the good producers are. Really? So what, we should probably start with the left side, the left bank. Uh, can I ask one quick question? Absolutely. Are also, I like how before you even say yes, I start asking it. Um, are the whites also expensive? Uh, no, because the whites uh, tend to be not from the big... Uh, producers not from the big areas. There are a couple of very exquisite whites, but they don't compare anywhere in price to the big reds. Okay. All right. So starting on the left bank, where we got some Cabernet Sauvignon mixed with a little Merlot. Correct. I would say as a general rule, 75-25 kind of covers most of the wine maybe. Varietal split, varietal yep. blending. Okay. Yes. So we run into a lot of different ways of labeling the area. And some of it has to do with the fact that it's such an old area that lots of different names were used over centuries. So the, the entire left bank is considered the Medo, which is spelled M-E-D-O-C, which is often pronounced Medoc. Medoc. That's definitely how I would say it. That's, I know, but it's pronounced Medo. Would it have the um, that on the label if it's on the left bank? 
because some of the wines are Appalachian Meadow. What, the, what does that mean? That means they come from the left bank. If you're from the left bank, do you have to have Meadow on there? No, there are, are a whole host of other Appalachians that it could be. The general AOC Appalachian for the oh. entire region is Meadow. So that's the, the least restrictive. Or it's actually not the least restrictive. The least restrictive is AOC Bordeaux. I was going to say it's Bordeaux and AOC. Okay. So, yeah, that could be from anywhere along the Y. Mm-hmm. Meadow means it's left bank. And the best areas are closer towards the river itself. And that's called the Homedo, or spelled H-A-U-T, or hot. Hot, hot couture. Madoc. Again, I probably would call it hot. So that hot Madoc. Um, and ho in, in French, as I'm sure you remember, simply means high. Is this, is this um, right, right by the river is called that? Because that's the good, good stuff. Mm, it's the okay stuff. Really? Yes. They just call it that to make it... Well, again, we're just focusing in on better and better and better areas. Okay, so then that's better than general. Right. That's better than Medo. So okay. Ho Medo, the high Medoc, is better than just Medoc. And within the Ho Medo are very specific areas, four specific areas, which are the uh, prime... Real estate. Famous people. Yes. Can you give me some names? Can you name Well, no, no. These are areas again. We're oh still gosh. just doing areas. And then within there, there's vineyards? Or are there, yes. <laughs> are there even more smaller yes. AOCs? Yes, of course. <laughs> no, no. Some, these are the smallest AOCs. And so then there's some name, big name vineyards, though, or producers? Producers. Okay. Because Ooh. in Bordeaux, we don't do vineyards. We do producers. We do producers. So who are the so producers? So we need to do the areas. So okay. starting from the top down, north-south. Okay. St. Estef. Come again? St. Estef. St. Estef, okay. Yeah. Poyac. Poyac, heard that before. And St. Oh, I'm blanking. He's consulting the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on my Bordeaux. San Julian. San Julian. Of course, some of my favorite wines come from San Julian. And then Margot. Margot. Okay. So those four areas. I love how you're saying this, and I'm glad we're mentioning them, giving them even more publicity. But I know they're important, but I'm never, no one listening to this is going to buy a wine. How expensive are those wines? That's not true. Really? Yeah. So... If you have no money, you're going to get a... Yeah, listening. Well, (laughs) if you have no money, you're going to get a wine from the Meido. If you have a little bit more money, you're going to get a Homido wine. And if you have a little more money, you're going to find a producer from one of those four areas. Because although the top growths of Bordeaux come from those four areas. Actually, there's another area even farther south called Graves. So all the great 
growths come from these areas. There are non-classified areas that produce very good wine need, that are affordable. Okay. Give me... I need a number. <laughs> uh, like $30, $40 oh, a Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. So if you see a, a Saint-Julien, a producer, Saint-Julien, AOC, then that's probably going to be a pretty good bottle of wine, and that should be in the $30 to $40 range. Okay. And then what are the top ones going for? Thousands. Totally. Yeah, that's I could do that. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's good to know. Can you uh, give us a name of some... Well, if those people are... $30, $40 isn't like a terrible... If you're looking for a good bottle of wine, that's not like ridiculous to spend. So if people want to find something, if they like Cab, Saw, Sauvignon, or just Cab, I guess people... People in the well, know they, call it if cab. If they want to know what Bordeaux tastes like, and they're willing to spend thirty or forty dollars, they can get a Murdo. Uh, Murdo. No. No, they're going to want to get one of the named areas from the Murdo, or from the Homedo. Homedo. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So. Let's start cruising along to the right bank. What's going on over on that right bank? Well, in the right bank, uh, there are a number of general areas, um, but the two important named areas are Saint-Emilion and um, Pomerol. So those two areas. Are on the right bank. Yeah. And this is like Merlot? These are going to be Merlot-based wines with... Uh, usually blended with uh, Cobb Franc. Cobb Franc, okay. Do you ever get any, like, Hundo P. Cobb Franc? Hundo P. what? Oh, sorry. I really just used a abbreviation. 100% Cab Franc. Uh, you would have to leave the area. There are areas along the Loire that produce 100%. Do you like 100% Cab Franc? You know, I didn't uh, until I recently had a wine... Uh, from the Loire, that was wonderful. Yeah. Was this when you were trying all those wines? No, actually, this is no. I actually found this on myself uh, on my own. We should talk about though the another time the wine tasting extravaganza you had. It was just twenty five wines in about six hours. Yeah, my dad tried. To, I mean, you like were just like swirling in your mouth, but. Um, spitting, spitting, as they say. But yeah, Dad has been doing some intense wine education. If you listen to the episode, Dad took the sommelier test, where I literally have food poisoning, and it's very funny to listen to. If you have not listened to that, you should, because I'm like, uh, okay. So we have the left bank. We got the right bank. Do we want to do the entree du mer? Well, I think we spoke enough about the entree du mer. We need to speak a little bit about the. Um, the right bank. So within the... Oh, we talked more about the right bank. Yeah, within the right bank. So you have San Emilion, which has a much less structured um, system of... Uh, is this an AOC? Grand Cru. Yeah, San Emilion is, is an AOC. So if you get a wine from San Emilion, it's, it is going to be basically a Merlot. And... The difference between Merlot and and Cabernet Sauvignon-based wines is that the Merlot wines tend to mature a lot earlier. The Cabernet Sauvignon tends to need some time. 
So typically the right bank wines can be consumed relatively young, whereas the left bank wines, you're going to want to give some time. And in big vintage years, really? in big vintage years, good wines have to be kept for 10 or 12 years before they're opened. You got any of these? Used to. Really? Not anymore. We drank them? Yeah, you had a yeah. you had an 82 Mouton uh, not too long. Yeah, ago. that was was that so like the last? Left, that's a left bank wine. So I that's thought you a, said the right bank needs it more. No, no, no. Left bank needs more time. Because uh, of the cap. I was going to say I really didn't think we drank a Merlot or anything like No. So, uh Saint-Emilion has a couple of um, Grand Cru um, areas that are considered uh, primo. These are very expensive wines. Um, the wine from uh, Ratatouille comes from the right Ratatouille! Bank. The, the 1947 Cheval Blanc. Was that like a like Easter... Do you know what an Easter egg is? Easter egg is uh, a term when they put like a hidden thing into a movie or yes, something. it is. And so was that for wine yes. fans? They That was like yes. a little Easter egg for right. wine fans? Right. They name a bit like a really famous wine in the movie? Yeah. So the 47 Chevel was, an, was not only an amazing wine, but it was the first uh, vintage after the war. Okay. And nothing was really expected out of this wine. And it turned out to be a... Um, I guess an Easter egg. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, even that was an Easter egg. Yeah, it turned out to be just a, an extraordinary wine. So that's one um, one movie trick where Cheval Blanc was used. And the other one was in Sideways. Oh, does he go on a rant saying he hates Merlot? So Miles goes on the rant, says he hates Merlot, which actually seriously harmed the Merlot business in the United States. That's like Kylie Jenner in the Snapchat all over again. Yep. It gave a huge boost to the Pinot industry and really decimated the, um, actually probably more than decimated the um, Merlot industry. But the, but the irony is that he, um, during, uh, when he's talking to the, the women and they're talking about the great wines that they have in their cellar, he mentions that he has a Cheval Blanc. And towards the end of the movie, he's suffered a number of setbacks. And he's in this sort of goofy burger place. And he's he's opened his wine and he's pouring it into a plastic cup and he's drinking it. Well, the irony is the Cheval Blanc is Merlot and Cab Franc. Yeah, so he has a Merlot right there. That's been his prize all movie. That's <laughs> <Yes>. so funny. <laughs> but of course, if you don't know, I mean, didn't about they wine, realize that? Well, he should have. Yeah, isn't shouldn't he yeah, have known that? That was a particular blind spot that he had. Yeah, that's really that's really funny. But the other thing you need to know about. Uh, Can I have some more of this? I don't know. What's that? Oh, is it cool if I? I don't mind pouring, but. Yeah, the, and the other thing you need to know about Right Bank is that it is the home of the most expensive world uh, wine in the world. What's the, what is, is the most expensive wine in the world? I love this. This is good trivia. Petrus, P-E-T-R-U-S. P-E-T-R-U-S. Yeah, which is basically uh, uh, Latin for rock or and money. also Peter. 
Peter so Rock. The, is this, actually, this is right biblical. On the, right on the the label is the picture of somebody who is a bishop or yeah. or a cardinal, and that's Peter, which is Petrus from the Bible. On this rock, I found my church. Is this place really old? No. Oh, why is it so expensive? It just is. How do you do that? How? I don't know. I wish I had the marketing trick. But Petrus is typically really? released between two and $3,000 a bottle. What? And it is scooped up. Really? Yes. Oh, that's just a trophy, literally, to have that. Have you ever had any? Have I ever had any? Yes, I've had it twice. Really? How was yes. it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, hardly worth the money. It was a two gift. grand. Those people, I want to be like, help me with my taxes. You got two grand <laughs> yeah, lying send around. Send the government a bottle of Petrus. Yeah, can you please send the government some Petrus with my name on it? I really would appreciate that. Awesome. Okay, so that's this is the most. That's crazy. And they're not that old. Because I would have thought this was some, like, very old place that, like, actually had, like, a biblical, like, connection. And that's why it was so expensive. But it's literally just branding and... Well, no. I mean, it's it's a wonderful wine. But the but it comes from the right bank. It comes from an area called Pomerol. Pomerol has no classification system whatsoever. So whereas in Bordeaux, you have first through fifth growths. Oh, right. That stuff again. That on the right bank, um, Saint-Emilion has like Grand Cru and Grand Cru Classe. And in Pomerol, there's nothing. It just happens to make the most Petrus. expensive wine in the world, Petrus. And probably the second most expensive wine in the world is also from there. It's called Le Pin, P-I-N. Le Pin. Um, I guess then... We are, but do you want to explain um, uh, that grand, oh, how American was I about to s- sound? That grand crew, like the the different classification system. So within area, so you get like broken down into like what little area you are in, um, what little AOC. So these are not AOCs. So this is only what? applies to the left bank. Wait, no, no. Within an AOC, there's different, like, systems. Except in Bordeaux. What? Okay, yeah. you, now you need to explain. Well, in virtually all of France, the AOC system breaks down into village, premier crew, grand crew. Right. So that works through Burgundy and some other areas, although not always. I mean, Burgundy is kind of the classic um, AOC system. But in Bordeaux, there really is no formal AOC system because it's been there before the AO system existed. Okay. So the left bank wines, now people know a little bit about Bordeaux, will know about first and second and third growths. Okay. So this had to do with the 1855 classification. So France and Paris was to host the basically World's Fair in 1855, and they wanted to come up with a way of organizing the wines. So they went to the wine merchants. And they were like... And they said, give us a classification. And the wine merchants came up with a five-tiered classification based on the the price of the wines. Oh, so it doesn't necessarily mean... Based in 1855 terms. Yeah. 
Like so, they came up. Oh with my gosh! With a shilling. One through five, or a franc. One through five growths, but only on the left bank, and only those little areas that I talked about: San Estef, Poyac. Saint Why Julien, did they let those guys do Margot. this? Because at the time they were the big hitters, and also Grave. There was one Grave wine. Aren't they still kind of the big hitters, or not really? Well, they certainly are. Those those first. What were what were once first the four first growths, there are now five first growths, um, are wines that are typically released near a thousand dollars a bottle. Those guys really set those people up. Those family isn't it like is it like a fam- do you think those vineyards have been passed down through the family? Well, because of French uh, inheritance, they're almost all owned by corporations now because no one can afford the taxes. Oh bummer. Yeah. So they're no, but they longer, they're no longer family. Well, it's just like the United States. If you, if daddy dies and you inherit a $10 million estate, the IRS will say, um, where's our $3 million? Because we get 30% death tax. And you're like, oh, well, now I need to sell it to get $3 million. Okay. Precisely. And do you still have to give them the $3 million if you sell it? Well, of course. Oh, my God. You owe the money. Unless you sold it, unless it was sold before, in which case you'd have to pay money on the sale. <laughs> Either way, they got you. Well, it'd be less money on the... Well, no, probably not. Not necessarily. No. Huh? Yeah. Either way, you're losing money. Correct. Okay. Well, I think this was good. I'm glad you uh, approved of this one. <laughs> Maybe you can do outtakes on the, uh, the Lost yeah. Bordeaux. There is a Lost Bordeaux episode, guys. This is the second time we've recorded this. The first time it didn't go so well. So, um, Bordeaux part two. Uh, cool. Well, I guess we are going to... He's like, how long does it take you to end this? Um, we're going to conclude. Actually, we're not going to conclude yet. Oh, you're going to check the... I'm going to check to see if we have... Anyone has responded. Um, uh, is anyone listening To my please, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, we do have a on podcast. I do know who wrote it, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> From Jane. <laughs> Jane, you're such a... Uh, I actually look forward to long drives, light rail rides, and walks so I can catch up on my wine po- knowledge. This podcast makes learning about wine accessible and fun. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. All righty. Next time I see you, I'll buy you a glass. Yeah, see? <laughs> Look at that, guys. If you bump into us and you've left a review, we, I will personally, and I don't even have money. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Say cheers. Hello, Madeline here through the magical powers of post-show editing. I realize I didn't really end this episode. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dad Teaches Me About Wine. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us at dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com. The best place for up-to-date information is our Instagram at dadteachesmeaboutwine. And even if you don't have Instagram, you can access that by going to instagram.com slash dadteachesmeaboutwine. Thank you so much again, and we will see you next week. Mm